had a good friend just tell me on the phone the other day that he has never been as angry as he is now in his 70 years on this earth. You might be angry, you might be afraid, you might be depressed, frustrated. Let me tell you this, no matter what happens, whatever you see, hear, or feel, keep on believing. Faith in God doesn't need to understand why, when, how, where, or who for it to remain faith. In a world of pain, never forget this one thing. Don't define God by your pain. When you're in pain, define yourself by God's Word. It's easy to try to change His promises, His power, His love, wisdom, or morality because of pain. But we don't get to define God. He defines himself to us, and by faith in him, we give him permission to change us. Today in America and in our lives, God is knocking out the props that we have trusted in until faith is the only thing that's left. For by grace are you saved through faith, the Bible says. It is the gift of God. But the giving of that faith is often painful because of the props upon which we've relied. If you've ever asked, how can God treat me this way? You need to listen to Life Journeys today with Pastor Hardigan. Just because we don't understand 2020, or any other hardship we have faced, doesn't mean that we're in a hopeless place. The pathway to faith in the amazing love of God is a sacred journey, often paved with our own blood, sweat, and tears. But there's going to be another day, and we will surely break through the storm clouds. A lot of people have said, if there is a God, he wouldn't allow this much suffering in the world. But listen again, let me say pain doesn't define God. God defines pain's purpose by allowing it to bring us to faith in him alone. For years I've had a friend who is now with the Lord. He's from India originally and I've referred to him often. Back in the day, he was a court reporter in Jerusalem at the Adolf Eichmann Nazi trial. During that time, he also worked at the Garden Tomb of Jesus when it was undergoing preservation. Some of the most prominent men in ministry back in the day were on a first-name basis with him. Yet K.K. was a humble man who lived by faith, and for some reason, I was privileged to develop a relationship with him. I remember a time when I was on a sort of forced sabbatical, so to speak, working on an implement dealer's business. I was fixing a large John Deere tractor when suddenly his head popped up. K.K. said, what in the world are you doing here? He had driven the many miles from Minneapolis to see me. He'd call once every couple of weeks to touch base and say he was praying for me. Last year before he died, he called once and said, I was praying for you and God said, I'm setting him apart. That was so meaningful to me because I had resigned my pulpit because of physical weakness, and I was trying to sort out what God was up to in my life. I knew he's a healer and had proved himself many times. But what was happening now? I knew better than to come to the conclusion that God no longer healed people or that he now was going against the mercy of the cross and punishing me. It would be foolish for me to define God by my pain. We're on a need-to-know basis with God when it comes to trials. There are enduring principles that He will never change, but change is often something He is after in us. In other times, 
He has a timetable that is known to him alone, such as, when is Jesus coming back? He told me several years ago that he was going to heal my heart, but that it would take a long time. I'm still waiting. Now I had another piece of the puzzle. He's setting me apart. It's something he's done in various ways many times in all of our lives. In fact, I believe that this is exactly what he is doing in America right now. Remember, the trial is never about the trial with God. When Israel left Egypt by God's deliverance through the ten plagues, they found themselves up against the Red Sea with armies coming after them to bring them back into slavery. It was a terribly fearful time. Their entire nation was in great danger in their own eyes. But God had a plan to separate them forever from their enemies, in this case, Egypt. But the Bible teaches us over the years that this was a historical picture of a spiritual principle. When God sets us apart from our enemies, He's setting us apart from the power of sin, Satan, and self. It's called sanctification, not justification. We're already forgiven. But he's now working to set us apart from the enemy powers that threaten and often can defeat us. And he's doing it to prepare us for a position of victory and power over the enemies that we will face in our future. Israel was afraid because they were still inclined to trust in their ability, and against the Egyptian army, they were powerless. In a similar way, we often rely on our human props of wisdom, emotion, education, money, or willpower. What a great thing it is to know that when we have exhausted all that we have and know, and we're still feeling defeated, that God is about to act. He's just waiting for us to stop trying so hard to justify ourselves, defend ourselves, or figure it out our own way. That's why faith is so often painful. We make it so. But He sets us apart from our enemies and from the ways of the world and men to show us that true life revolves around His grace, not our goodness or ability. But He's not trying to harm you or me, America. Anger, defeat, despair, and confusion are all high prices to pay for the pride that men refuse to surrender. Why does God allow suffering in the world? One reason is because we still hold on to the things guaranteed to make pain sustainable, but not conquerable. Annie Flint Johnston wrote many beautiful hymns from a position of extreme pain. Orphaned as a young child, later having her adoptive parents both die, she contracted severe arthritis which made her an invalid by 30 years of age. She later developed cancer after suffering for decades in bed. Yet even with boils covering her body before she died, she maintained the beautiful personality reflected in her poems and hymns. She would write of the sustaining power of God. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. One time during a several-month season of severe weakness, I remember telling the Lord, Your presence has been so great 
that I would gladly remain like this if your presence was the gift of such surrender. Of course, God's not that easy to understand and define. His will is not to keep us all so weak we can't function or release His will for our life purpose. But the pain of life is not validated by the goal to be successful, famous, or to enjoy our American dream. There is no greater power than to have beheld the glory of God's presence within the human heart and to be free from the emotions of this fallen world's assault on us. God's goal is freedom from missing the mark of His intention for us. It is liberty from the destruction of sin and liberty from pride, from lust and addiction, fear, anger, despair, and selfishness. Only grace can do that. Only faith can receive it. Human potential is not the solution, for human potential includes the relentless potential of our own darkness, and human potential is what got us in this mess. Please, don't let your pain define God. Let God reduce pain to its rightful place of opening up a pathway to the limitless supply of God's love. Sometimes, faith to be delivered from our pain must include the fact that if God is allowing our pain to continue, it will work out according to a higher and better purpose for us. Paul said, I do not consider this present suffering worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. We won't be able to fully understand God until we have seen the end of the story which He has prepared for us. The birth of our Savior was surrounded by conditions we would never stand for today. Yet, when He was born, the angels announced peace on earth and God's goodwill to all men. Let's give ourselves the patience to let that be revealed in us.